This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive home and auto policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hello, everybody. It's Katie. This week's episode of Little Gold Men was recorded live in our video studio at the Toronto International Film Festival. I was in the room with Mike and Richard and our West Coast colleague, Krista Smith, and we talked about all the things we usually talk about on the podcast. We were sitting on these beautiful blue couches. It was a spot where Julia Roberts had been sitting moments before. Uh, you'll be able to see the video on VanityFair.com later on, including some clips from the interviews that Krista did. But in the meantime, listen to this version of this week's podcast in which we talk about everything you could possibly want to know from Toronto. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, Chris, I'm taking your chair. You've been dominating this seat, speaking to all kinds of people at Toronto lately. So uh, thank you, first of all. You're doing great. For we're in the celebrity it. chair. There's a I lot know. of celebrities. Julia uh, Roberts sat yes. in your yes. seat. Stardust on this, uh, <laughs> on this couch over here. Yeah. So we basically are taking advantage of this studio to catch up with each other about what we've been seeing, about what's going on at the festival. Um, because we are awards obsessed as always, we figured we'd take it category by category, what we've learned about the Oscars here, and talk about a lot of other things in the meantime. You know, we can talk about the performances and, you know, the screening experiences and everything but uh maybe to start with who thinks they know what's going to win best picture from being at toronto this year any bold predictions um i do i think a star is born is going to win yeah i think it has so much momentum coming out of this festival it already had some coming out of venice wow. i just feel like so much of it has just been anointed and i feel like it's been a long time since something really swept and so i think this could be it like like what do you mean by sweet like one i don't know the big five or something like that you know ah. i don't think it's going to do that but it could i had close. that feeling t- watching it last night yeah. i just was sitting there thinking why were people telling me this couldn't win best picture like mm-hmm. like it seems to have all the things i loved it i you know whether they say drink the kool-aid whoever and i kind of was joking i i felt during the movie i was so absorbed in uh what bradley had created and also with gaga their chemistry and their love story i actually thought the ending might change and somehow this is the fourth a star is born yeah. and i was still like shocked you want that, these crazy kids to make it yeah, <laughs> that it was uh, <laughs> that it ended exactly the same as the other three had uh done um i think it's a tremendous uh film and effort by bradley obviously uh lady gaga is a revelation. It's so great to see her obviously scrubbed down. You feel for her, you're with her the whole um, journey through the film. Bradley, to me, is basically, you know, I don't want to make comparisons, but I see him having a career like Clint Eastwood's. You know, started in television, made a bunch of movies, and started directing, and now I feel like he's just hitting his stride. He's going to continue to direct, continue to star in movies. So, for me, it's just such a great moment for him. Whether I'm not confident that it's going to go all the way to be best picture, I feel like there's a lot of run way between now and the end of February, uh, especially with movies like Roma, which I think is a masterpiece in and of itself, but also other hurdles being a black and white and a Spanish language film. And Netflix. And Netflix. Mm-hmm. Although that's seeming to be less and less of a hurdle. I think that Roma's going to be the one that breaks through for yeah. them, yeah, at least to a nomination. Well, mm-hmm. Those are the two movies that I feel like hit you right here, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but in totally different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, The Star is Born is a big Hollywood, like, in your review you said... 
It's not schmaltzy, but it's something. It's something. It's like the good version. The good version of schmaltzy. Like it really hits you, washes over you, and you have that feeling, as you said in your review, throughout a lot of the movie, where you're just Mm -hmm. like, you're kind of like aching. Hmm. And um, whereas Roma, I think, is is a little bit more of a a cerebral pleasure, Mm -hmm. but it also hits you at the end of the day in the solar plexus as well. And I gonna make a bold prediction right now I could see we seem to be in an era of splits between director and picture and I could see Quaron winning um, mm. director mm. again and, and yes and, and not winning best and picture not winning which is what happened last time again and, yeah. and this one coming in for picture I don't know I could yeah, see course. it happening you're referring to Gravity, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, because well, he won Best Director uh-huh. for Gravity in 12 Years a Slave by Steve McQueen, who also has a film here, which maybe right. we should talk about, won Best Picture. So there's a lot of like rematches, like Damien Chazelle is here, Barry Jenkins is and here. And I also have to say, I was really moved by First Man as well. Mm-hmm. I thought that, uh, I love the fact that it told this intimate story of this hero that most of us don't know anything about other than, you know, one small step for man, and we don't really know who Neil Armstrong is, we don't really know what that space program, uh, you know, the toll that it took on those astronauts and the wives and the family. And I love the way he was able to mingle the kind of dumb domestic life of the astronaut and the space life of the astronaut. I really was moved by that yeah. film. And Universal has been clever about how they're uh, presenting it to people here. They're busing people to an IMAX theater. And, you know, it's been a whole kind of big experience. So I think it's played very well here. Um, as well as it did in Venice, I think. Yeah, or, I mean, I feel like from Telluride, I heard people who, like, liked it but found it, like, cerebral or remote and were kind of impressed by the technicality, but the reviews I'm seeing from here are people who are hit by the emotion, like you're talking about, I loved it. I cried at the end of it. I saw it in Telluride, and I was really surprised that it snuck up on me, and I I did. I I was very moved. Yeah, David Ehrlich, the the IndieWire critic, had a good tweet, which I read, unfortunately, before I went in, which uh, which was, I felt nothing, and then I felt everything. And and I feel like it is that kind of movie, except I was kind of waiting to feel everything, uh, maybe as a result of reading that. And then I was just sort of like, okay. Uh, you know, like, yeah. it's amazing, yeah. but I don't know that it quite hits with the emotional impact. It, it's actually, I mean, maybe take a pause to say it's shaping up to be kind of a great year with a lot of really big movies that have a big impact. You know, ambitious movies that are that are artistically good with Mm -hmm. studios backing them Mm -hmm. that also hit emotionally. So that's good. But those three movies feel like they are seriously in contention for for best picture. First Man, Roma, A Star. Yeah, and I think all three of those directors will get nominated, I I assume. I just think it's interesting the three movies that we're that we're talking about so passionately is they all have this escapism to them. And I think what's so effective about a star is born is even though it's in modern times we as an audience are able to escape into that world Mm -hmm. into that music into that love story and also with Roma it's period piece 70 you know 1970 71 in Mexico but it's it's transportive and I think Mm -hmm. that in the same thing with First Man and I think that America right Mm -hmm. now and audiences were so traumatized by the new cycle and what's happening in the world that I think that the response to these movies is just it's everything that this business was created for you're escaping into another world and you're feeling these yeah. feelings and it's so it's it's comforting but yet you know inspiring as well movies yeah. about good people who suffer mm-hmm. you <laughs> and know? accomplish things Which right. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, whereas like Beautiful Boy and Boy Erased which are very you are here you know present tense mm-hmm. 
issue dramas have not played quite as well at the mm-hmm. festival. So I think you're, yeah. you're onto something there, Krista. But there's also a bunch of other studio movies here that are hitting. I feel like we should talk about Widows, which uh, yeah. premiered to... Mike, you and I were there. I mean, people were gasping in unison in yes. this movie. And to say it has yeah. twists, it's written by Gillian Flynn. I don't think it's a surprise. We don't want to spoil anything. But it does feel like it played incredibly well, maybe more than I expected. Well, there's twists and twists and twists oh my and God. twists. Yeah. I mean, it's so fun. <laughs> And so everyone's fun. in it, like literally every every great actor you love is in that movie. <laughs> Carrie Coon shows up, and you're like, "Oh right." right yeah, you yeah, forget yeah. that you're yeah. waiting. Jackie to expect Weaver, yeah, Jackie, Jackie Weaver with yeah. those two scenes, and then it's yeah. like, "All right, you're off." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's enough. Two time Oscar nominee, get out of here. But, what but, if, but I think that movie doesn't happen if you don't have Viola Davis. Yeah. Oh I mean, Viola God. Davis yeah. is at the center of it, and as I said to her when she came in, I was like, "I just want to see the prequel to How You Met Liam Neeson because it, I love the way McQueen opens on them just macking in bed. Oh like yeah, like real of, making out. It was going. so great. <laughs> and you're like, "Wait, I wanted the prequel. Like, how did they meet? Yeah. Were they on their first day? Shame you know? too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the happier version. Uh, right. But uh, I, uh, I thought that that whole movie." is centered and revolves around Viola and the performances he gets from the cast all around Elizabeth Debicki and Michelle Rodriguez. Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. Sophia Revo, Brian Tyree Henry, who is also in If You'll Creek Street Could Talk. He's having a great tiff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also I think that something about Widows that will get it a lot of attention when it's released is that this is a big studio movie uh, led by a woman of color in her 50s, directed by a black man. Like, it, it has this kind of uh, social urgency to it mm-hmm. in addition to being in- incredibly entertaining mm-hmm. which I feel like is a one-two punch that is hard to beat. And that's something that Stephen Queen said introducing the film. He was like, I want to make, I want there to be more movies that look like this, that look like the mm-hmm. people you see on this stage. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're all like beautiful movie stars but like they do feel like they represent more of America than say The Departed which I think is an interesting comparison yeah. to Widows. Like that movie was a great crime thriller that won Best Picture. I don't know that Widows, like Widows is, should have just as much of a chance at the Oscars as Departed but I do think people are saying, oh it's fun but like is it heavy enough to go all the way, which to me doesn't seem fair. Yeah, I mean, I think that they do some interesting sociology in the movie. There's a great shot of, um, it's a conversation in a car, but Mm -hmm. we don't see the the people talking. It's just the car driving from a poor section of Chicago, south side, where the movie's set, and just in a five-minute drive, end up at a mansion. And just to kind of show the disparate, you know, Mm -hmm. wealth and poverty stuff in in that city. So there's, that movie has a message, I think, or message is plural, so I think that we shouldn't count it out of, like... We should say that scene is Colin Farrell doing his, like, spoiled rich boy Chicago accent. It's so great. What about two words, everybody, that we forgot? Robert Duvall. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. We said everyone was in this cast. When you see Robert Duvall, who I think also gives a tremendous, uh, you know, good good little performance in there. Yeah, everyone has their moment, which Mm -hmm. which is nice. So one film we should talk about that isn't here but made a huge impact at Telluride for you guys was The Favorite. And uh, Venice. Yeah, and, and Olivia Venice. Coleman won Best Actress for yes, The Favorite. Yes, well, since we've been here, we were watching the headlines coming in yeah. from Venice. Um, yeah. I wish it was here. It feels like it would play really well. But it's going to play really well at the New York Film Festival yeah. in October. That, that's yes. a Lincoln Center movie. It's like, you know, Lux. Um, Sandy Powell did these incredible costumes. The production design is insane. And it has these three incredible performances at the center. Um, it's very I, theatrical, yeah. right? It's very it, theatrical. It feels like a yeah. New York theater crowd will yeah. go and for it, this. The director, Yorgos Lanthimos, who is this Greek guy who's kind of an indie darling, art house darling. This is still a weird movie, but it feels accessible in a way where you're like, yeah, that could be in the best picture hunt. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Lanthimos has a screenplay nomination for The Lobster, so yeah. he's not a stranger to the Academy. Oh, and neither is the cast. I mean, that's the thing that's yeah. so great. I mean, Rachel Weiss, who plays one of the, the three, 
right? If you have Olivia Coleman, uh, Emma Stone, and, and Rachel. So it'll be so nice for her because she just had a baby that she can actually go to the New York Film Festival where yep. she's been a little bit absent mm-hmm. uh, in Venice and Telluride. But I, I don't know what it says about me, but I didn't want it to end. Yeah. I love the candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> I love the perverseness of it. I loved it taking that culture in, 17, in the 1700s and just like kind of imagining what that everyday life was like. I really, I loved every second of it in Emma Stone is incredible. Olivia Coleman, obviously incredible. Rachel, incredible. I loved it all. And I think Nicholas Holt, I mean, he could maybe, if that movie... If that movie can steamroll, I think he yeah. could even get a nomination. Yeah. He was fabulous. And and, uh, and it, it was kind of fun to see a film, uh, even though it's a period piece knocked on its end, where the men are wearing more makeup than the women. <laughs> and, and they're yeah. the ones treated like, you know, yeah. play, toys. And, toys, yeah. and right. they're all in yeah. wigs and lipstick. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I kind <laughs> but, of enjoyed that perverseness. But also, just I think when we're about to start getting, like, it's getting maybe a little tiring, the endless kind of crown Victoria approaches mm-hmm. to royals. This mm. is such a weird different one that I think is more kind of inventive uh, or, or not more inventive than anything else, but is very inventive. Right. Um, and so I thought that was great. I, I did notice that in Telluride, some of the sort of West Coast folks were a little bit, I think, alienated yeah. by the whole thing, you yeah. know, which is why I do think yeah. for an East Coast crowd, for a European crowd, they're going to get it. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? You're Settle you're down. I loved it. <laughs> I'm, I'm representing the left coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's my question. Because like, There were people from like San Diego and Orange <laughs> County who were like, Hmm. Can't speak Weird for movie. That. Yeah. Can't so you think there'll be people from Kips Bay who'll do the same thing in New York? Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I just I think it's original storytelling, fantastic acting, surprising. It's so great to see Emma Stone in a corset. That's one thing we've <laughs> yeah. never seen her do. She's she's amazing yeah. in the role. Um, I really I just loved it. I ate it up every second of and it. And movies like that set, you know, you know, in the you know, Palace Intrigue, they used to get nominated all the time. And that it's been a while, I feel like, since you know, we've had that kind of thing in the hunt for Best Picture. Uh, but this one is sort of contemporary enough that I think that mm-hmm. it, it can make it in, in the new Academy and all that stuff. I agree with you about uh, Yurgos. Is yeah. He has, he's been, he's not a stranger. People, this is his third film. People yeah. are into it. I think that uh, he had a really warm reception in, in Telluride. I could see him getting in there. So is there anyone who we haven't talked about that we think might figure in the best director? We've talked about all these films. They tend to go hand in hand. Um, I do think that Barry Jenkins coming back for Moonlight with Beale Street Could Talk, like that's definitely worth the conversation. Uh, Chrissy, you had someone else? I just was going to say, I'm most curious to see if Ryan Coogler is going to get in. That's sort of, I was going to say the same thing. That's the question now is like, does Black Panther still matter at that level after... Yeah, I, to me it or, seems indisputable that it'll get a Best Picture nomination. I mean, maybe that's a crazy. Yeah, they, and especially now that the Best they Popular Oscar thing is coming yeah, yeah, sort of category. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just to give it to Black Panther, yeah. so that's over. But Disney had already said we are committed to having a Best Picture campaign. I yeah. think they're going to do it. There's no reason for it not to get in there. But Ryan Coogler is a great question of whether that carries him all the way there because he's like 30. He's so young. But Damien Chazelle was also really young when he won for La La Land, so there's no reason to count that. And also him. remember. Uh, the Ben that wasn't Ben Affleck. When, <laughs> ben Zeitlin. <laughs> the, the famous Ben, you know, when during Argo period. I can't, uh, Queen, what was the movie called? Beast of the Southern Wild. Beast yeah. of the Southern yeah. Wild, right. Exactly. So is that one of the, you know, he was a kind of first time director in terms of the Academy and obviously Ryan Coogler had Fruitvale Station. And Creed, uh, Creed. yeah. So he's he's not new at the table. He's just young. But I'll be really curious to see. It would be really exciting if he got in there. I think it would be kind of a testament to the success and how actually hard it is to do those big budget 
multi yeah, that's complex the, films. That will will he be the first? Have, have there been other directors nominated for superhero movies? I, I do Not think for I a lot of Academy voters, it's it's going to seem like a new movie because I bet you a lot of them haven't seen it yet. They're going to be screening it for Academy members on yeah. a big screen. Like, you know, you're not yeah. necessarily going to be watching it on a screener. You may really get a chance to have that cinema experience. It'll be fun to see how mm-hmm. those folks react to the movie and, if, and how it stands up really in mm-hmm. competition to these more traditional kind of down the middle um, – well, like Star is Born. Yeah. Not to say down yeah. the middle, but like that's just a good old-fashioned Oscar movie. It's a more traditional crowd pleaser, whereas Black yeah. Panther is kind of a more modern crowd pleaser yeah. in that way. Yeah. I mean, we talk about like the Academy trying to bring diversity to its ranks. It doesn't look like there are really any women in competition for Best Director, which as ever is a shame. But you've got Stephen Queen, you've got Barry Jenkins, you've got Ryan Coogler, you've got Alfonso Cuaron, Yorgos Lanthimos from Greece. Like, the, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> then Bradley Cooper. But the, uh, Spike the, Lee. I still Spike Lee for Black Panther. That's true. We haven't talked about that yet at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the potential to have not all white men in director lineup, yeah. which has happened you know, the vast majority of years is really high and really exciting. I think that was interesting that they didn't do Black Klansmen in a festival yeah. environment, that they chose to release it, um, you know, in mid, like mid-August. And I think people are going to be talking about that movie all the way through the fall uh, and into the holiday season. And I think Spike will probably figure in. I can't imagine he wouldn't figure in in part of the conversation. When you realize he's never gotten a Best Director nomination, it's kind of mind-boggling. So what, what better opportunity to make up for it? But it does feel like it had August to itself, but it, it's, it did well, but not so well that you everyone has to remember it. I, I worry about people moving on from it, but I think that's I think what it campaign's do, for. I think it will do really well, uh, and I know we, everyone hates to, to hear this, but I do think that's a film that will do really well with a screener. Yeah. That if you that's didn't true. catch it in August and, you, oh, I wasn't doing this, I was on vacation, the kids, whatever, oh, yeah, that came out, I really want to see it. And it has so much young talent in it mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, I think it. that'll also help propel it, and, and it's like Spike Lee at his best, you know, doing what he does. I mean, he just really, all of it comes together in this film. So I think that'll also help with momentum. I think Widows and Black Klansmen both have good things going for them, which is in the screener pile, like the proposition, the setup is so clear. Like the premise mm-hmm. is awesome. You know? Black Klansmen, like, that title. Yeah, really like it. a black cop infiltrates the KKK, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of widows of bank robbers finish the last job. Yeah. Like those are, you're going to put those in and then both of those movies actually grab hold and, mm-hmm. and don't let go the whole time. So they will, whereas Rome, I think, is going to require a lot of patience yeah. that's going to be tough to, to muster, you know, potentially when you're on your couch with, I always say this, Sunlight streaming in <laughs> yeah. from the giant picture windows at your house. Don't forget, in Los a star Angeles. is born. That star is born. Like the, it, it is what it promises in the title. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess speaking of stars born, we can talk about best actress, which yeah. is always, I think, the most fun category. To well, talk it's about. a really insane category yeah. this year. I mean, I feel like I say that every year, but like genuinely, between you know. Uh, the whole you know, traffic jam of the favorite, trying to figure out who's running where. Is Coleman going to be lead? Is Stone and Vice going to go supporting? Um, you know, obviously Gaga making her grand debut. I think she could win. I mean, but it no. just seems like a given now that she'll be nominated. Oh, right? yeah, For I sure. think so. And, that's a, and yeah. she could win. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, the degree of difficulty that Bradley Cooper, you know, had in directing this movie is is quite high and and the fact that you know that could have gone either way and the fact that she is so awesome in it is, yeah. is and they have a such chemistry thing. and yeah. so I feel like voters are going to want to nominate both of them because they like that pair you know mm-hmm. um, I think the big question about Best Actress is will some of the smaller movies like um, the the wife with Glenn Close or something like that that came out 
uh, you know, in the summer, or Colette with Keira Knightley that's coming out this fall. Like, or Tony Colette in Hereditary. Or Tony Colette in Hereditary. Like, whether or not those can still linger in people's minds in the glare of yeah. Lady Gaga and whatever else. Well, I also think, for me, when I saw Ben is back, I was just like, Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing about Julia. She isn't seen that often necessarily, and she's, it seems like she's kicked it into a different gear. She's doing the Amazon show Homecoming. Um, so she'll be in everyone's thoughts, you know, and mm-hmm. zeitgeist, whatever, and then you'll, you'll yeah. see, you'll be hearing about it. And then when you see her performance in Ben is Back as a mom dealing with, uh, you know, her son that, that shows up unexpectedly, it's really good and she got raves out of yeah anecdotally like at party conversations uh here in toronto everyone saw that movie and yeah. everyone loved her in it yeah. that i talked to so except for just, me and you and well no i mean <laughs> like, yeah. everyone I mean, like real people who work in the you know yeah, in yeah. the industry you know both it's a tremendous performance yeah. and it reminds you it's like oh that's a movie star yeah. to wow She's a great actress, and I miss her because I haven't seen her, you know, in a bit. So I think it, uh, it'll it be curious to see. Like you said, it's jam-packed. I mean, there's yeah. Nicole Kidman back. But the thing about Nicole to me, which you can never discount, is that she is a true artist, and she is a true artist soul, and actors and filmmakers so respond to that. And, you know, bravery and all these words are a little bit overused when, when you're talking about performances and things. But, you know... Uh, Nicole will do anything if it speaks to her, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were thinking about it and I brought up to her when she was like shaving Robert Downey and fur, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then she got peed on by Zac Efron and <laughs> yeah. Lee Daniels yeah. movie in Cannes. <laughs> and then she's not afraid to be like the mom and lion with a terrible wig. You know, she will do, and she brings everything to those performances. Mm-hmm. And you think of her in, in television, Big Little Lies. I mean, people were ready to give her the Oscar for that performance, the television <laughs> show. Right. And this year she's got two movies. So in, a, in in that flukish way, the way the Academy works, she could end up in Best Supporting for um, Boy Erased mm-hmm. and she could end up in Best Actress for Destroyer. Yeah. You think about you think about the fact that she got nominated for Lion, which is a lovely movie and she's, you know, she's really good in it, but she really just has the one big scene and that's the big scene that got her a nomination. Like that's yeah. proof of how powerful she is and how the academy pays attention when she does something. So and how good she is! Yeah, because she's, you, it, it may be one scene, but it informs the entire movie. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that's Nicole. So I haven't seen Roma. You guys have, but I understand the lead woman in Roma, who has never acted before, I believe, mm-hmm. is just stunning in this. Yalitza Aparicio plays uh, the nanny character in Roma, mm-hmm. and it's really an extraordinary performance that anchors the whole film, and I think is something that we'll all be talking about, you know, hopefully right through to Oscar night. She's incredible. I mean, she was found in, a, in one of those, like, kind of cattle call casting uh, with uh, Alfonso. They were bringing him. He wanted someone from that village, very specific, that spoke that dialect. And, boy, did he get her. I mean, she really is the uh, heart and soul of film. And I think everyone comes out of that movie just like, oh. And it's also based on the nanny that raised him. So there's a certain, there, you know, there's such significant ties to the director. But she's terrific. She doesn't speak English. She speaks a tiny bit of English. Uh, wasn't an actress. I think she was a school teacher in her village. And I think she's going to give everybody a run for their money. Yeah, I think I think it's an interesting conversation to be mm-hmm. had because she's a first-time actress, right? Which kind of raises the question of, like, how how... <laughs> How do you address do that in the question of, of best actress? Like, is she, 
but how I think it has to be direction and how much is yeah how much is it the director mm-hmm. doing an amazing job of guiding her and how yeah. much is it is it craft um, does it even matter you know yeah. uh, the folks at Netflix are like it's on the screen like look at the screen yeah there's and this term fair. that people used to throw around I think they're, they're kind of scared of it now called like non-actor which was always kind of like diminishing of people who weren't professional actors mm-hmm. or weren't t- and it's like well if she's on screen and acting she's an actress you know and so right. I feel like no matter what her the, the, the dynamic was between her and Quran and you know whatever else I mean she I think I know this exact scene you're referring to Crystal like there's a part where you're just like so there with her that I feel like if Roma has rides a, a big wave to a lot of nom- nominations, which I think it will, like she'll she'll be part of that. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q and A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Wondry's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when their adoring fans learned about the infamous lip-syncing, their downfall was swift and brutal. With exclusive interviews from frontman Fab Morvan and his producers Frank Farian and Ingrid Segeith, this podcast takes a fresh look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Okay, so let's move on to Best Actor. I feel like we should start again with Bradley Cooper. A star is born is the guiding yeah. star of our conversation. So I'm going to just place a, I'm going to say it here on record, on video. I, he's going to win. I think there's absolutely no question. I'm right there with like you. He's, he's got it in the bag. He won it here. Um, it's done. That's <laughs> So All you gotta yeah. do is trust yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Mike's impression is gonna yeah. be really solid. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it between. Now He's and gonna then. do it on the green carpet for the VF Oscar party. Actually, well, so Mike, you were at the premiere, which I feel like is such yeah. a good gauge of like how people respond to things like this. We were at the press screening where everyone fell in love with it. I mean, the premiere, people like were applauding midway through the movie. We were applauding before the movie. Bradley Cooper came out <laughs> and did like a two-minute riff on everybody that he brought out, and finally he said, "And here she is, and thank God she has her light and her." And she's, you know, she's full of light and creating art. Lady Gaga, everybody jumped out of their seats. <laughs> like, before that movie hadn't even started yet. Um, they, there was just electricity in the room and between them and emanating from both of them. They both said the movie changed their lives before the thing even started. Um, yeah, people were applauding for songs, kind of hoping that, like, they would hear us. It's like, is Gaga here? Can she hear us <laughs> applaud for this? Uh, and well, then there's a for the applause. standing ovation <laughs> at the end. I mean, I mean, this thing just like it just 
anyway, so yeah. I, I think that Bradley Cooper. So, so who who's the big competition? I can't even. Well, it's all been bl- blocked out of my mind now. I think the important thing about the Bradley Cooper, why why I'm so confident in that, is that like of all the things that Star is Born could win an Oscar for, if it was only going to win one, with director, picture, actress, I feel like his performance is the easiest one to vote for in a way because it represents the broader yes. film that he's made. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and I feel like the Academy does that. And sometimes. he's been nominated so, before. He's been nominated so many times, times. Yeah. yeah, multiple times. And so. I think he's come close to winning for mm-hmm. a couple of them. So. Um, yeah, but uh, running against him, uh, that gets trickier. I mean, it's it, it, there's Robert Redford for mm-hmm. Old Man right. and Gun, which is supposedly his last film. Mm-hmm. I saw somebody say yeah. John C. Riley, but I mean, it's John C. Riley is great in Sisters Brothers, but yeah. it, it's it's about to me. It feels like about who else is going to get a nomination. And as right. Chris said at the beginning, it's a long way between now and February. Anything can happen. People who you don't think will get nominated win sometimes, but mm-hmm. it does feel like there's Bradley Cooper in this locked position, and then who else might have their movie push them? In, in. Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali have a film called Green book that mm-hmm. premieres here. Hugh Jackman um, the front runner, Hugh which Jackman we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Count out Christian Bale. Well, yeah, yes. We well. should talk about, um, it's actually, I just read today, it got retitled from Backseat to Vice, which I think is a much better title. The yeah. uh, the Dick Cheney, D- Dick Adam McKay movie. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, Christian Bale playing uh, Dick Cheney. No one has seen it, so mm-hmm. we don't know, but that does feel like a big thing. Never bet against all, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't bet against Adam McKay. But yeah, it's all a bunch of... No Brian one else Gosling, is, I think, would, would get it for First Man. He's pretty, like, laconic in it but like I think it, you know, that's the person that was Armstrong so um, yeah and I think that the Academy likes him so yeah so let's talk about Best Supporting Actress. Uh, I did what Richard did and kind of planted my flag after coming out of seeing a Bill Street could talk last night because the applause for Regina King at the end of the movie. And, you know, I had been watching her performance the entire time and thinking, like, wow, she's really, like, carrying it. She's the biggest star in the film. But then the audience just went crazy when her name came up. And, Chris, so you were talking before we started that, like, Regina King is just, she's been working for so long, they have wanted to find a way to give her a statue. Like, I'm not sure I'm willing to predict a win at this point, but I think a nomination is really likely now. Well, I think Regina is just, one, she's a phenomenal human being. Uh, she's beloved in the industry uh, by her peers, and she's also beloved, you know, outside and on, on the screen. And the thing about her is it's like small screen, big screen, whatever. She's completely translates. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember everyone was so shocked when she won an Emmy, and even she was shocked for um, that television show that I can't remember, it was with Timothy it's American Hutton. Crime. American Crime, yeah. right. Yeah. Everyone was like, what? And she was like, me? And I was like, of course <laughs> you. You know, people love her. She does consistently good work, and then she won again the mm-hmm. next year for it. So I think it would be just awesome for her yeah. uh, to uh, get recognized for that with a nomination. And I think, like you said, never uh, you know count out Adam McKay or Christian Bale. You can't count out Amy Adams. She's another one that's been you know nominated multiple times. It's the best supporting. And like you said, the traffic jam of the favorite. You could have Emma what Stone. Are we doing yeah. Well, you have a strong feeling about this. Well, so my thing is that I and I've actually said this to Fox Searchlight executives. He's being true to power. If they ran Olivia Coleman in supporting, she would absolutely win. Um, but I think that to honor the movie in a way and and Coleman's win at Venice, I feel like they still will run her in lead, and mm-hmm. I, I think she could she could do it. But but another thing about Regina King in in the supporting category is um, in Beale Street, there's one shot of her character. It's not a spoiler, I don't think. Arriving in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. with the sun and an airplane behind her, and I was like, that should win an Oscar. <laughs> her and whoever you know, like Barry Jenkins and whoever like lit that. Um, she's just such a presence in that movie, she's and such a I think that. Um, 
you know, sometimes we talk about acting nominations being sort of emblematic of the broader film. Mm-hmm. And I think that Beale Street will get nominations elsewhere, but like she would be a nice kind of like stamp of. You yeah. Know, of it's easy to single be. her out. Like yeah. the two leads, Kiki Lane and Safan James, are really good, but they're both relatively fresh faces. Yeah. You kind of, they come as a pair, but Regina King, like, she dominates the scenes that she's in. She's got a really funny scene early on and then a really dramatic scene at the end and then the arriving at the airport scene. It's and so it's yeah. kind of, she kind of does it all. Yeah. Um, two others that spring to mind would be Elizabeth Debicki and um, Widows and mm-hmm. Claire Foy and First Man. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know about – I think Claire Foy, it's a challenging role because at some level it's the unglamorous. It's the it's the wife who's keeping the home fires burning, which is an important story, not always the most fascinating story. But she does have this great, you know – confrontation scene mm-hmm. with um, with Ryan Gosling, not to give too much away. Um, I think it's in the trailer. I, I haven't seen yeah, the movie, so I yeah. think I know what you're talking about. Right. So, I mean, I think, I feel like both of those could definitely play in. Is there anyone else from Widows? That- so well, it's tough. Like, Elizabeth Debicki, I do think, is a standout in Widows, because yeah. she, she, she also has a really funny scene, and then she's got dramatic stuff. She gets to yeah. do a range of things. I mean, Michelle Rodriguez is really tremendous in it, too. Yeah. Cynthia Erivo, I think she's wonderful. She's won a Tony, but her part is smaller her than Her arms should win an Oscar. Her running. Her, 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 her sprint. Running. Yeah, she's just looks amazing. Lord, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that's tough because there's so many people in it. But I think you might be right that Elizabeth Debicki is the person to single out from that. We should also talk to close-up supporting actress, the other main woman in Roma, who, uh, Chrissy, you have her name and you can pronounce oh, it yeah. policy. Uh, so no, she's uh, Marina Del Tavera is incredible. She's a Mexican actress. She's done a lot of theater in Mexico. Uh, and she plays Cuaron's mother, you know, in, in this uh, version of his life. And she is really really good i mean it's it's uh she holds her own it's like the with the kids and the with yalitia and whatnot i think it's kind of a two-hander i've noticed they're both going around in the film festivals or kind of traveling as like a troika of, of yes. caron and his two right. leading ladies yeah. basically uh but in well, terms of screen time i think marina would definitely be supporting yeah and right? she just has to do there there's a lot of emotion in that mm-hmm. character and a lot of sort of whipsawing between anger and sorrow mm-hmm. and you know joy and love and hate and the whole thing i mean she's got a lot to work with uh for, for you know in a supporting yeah role. and i think that what's key is that you know uh the mother is going through a lot of stuff, and so that causes her to snap at at Cleo, the the, the nanny. Uh, and you could easily make her a sort of harridan or a villain yeah. or whatever, but she doesn't. You're still kind of with her sympath- you know, yes. sympathetically throughout to the end, and I think that's kind of key for um, Academy voters locking mm-hmm. in on her performance. Okay, and finally, supporting actor, which I think is a really fun category this year. There's just this interesting range of people in here from newcomers to veterans who've never been nominated. Uh, Richard, you have been betting hard on Timothy Chalamet uh, yeah. since you saw Beautiful Boy before the festival. I did, yeah. I think that um, the movie has been received, I would say, mixed here, but yeah. um, but no one has said anything about Timothy Chalamet's performance as a, you know, a young man going through a really serious drug addiction while his father, played by Steve Carell, Tries to help him, uh, you know, to no avail. Um, it's a really strong performance. I think he'd have a really good chance of winning. That said, coming out of uh, Venice and now, you know, Toronto, Sam Elliott from Star is Born. His star seems ascendant. Um, Not born. He's been around yeah, long enough. He's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He's just in he's a good just, spot. Yeah, his star is back or something. <laughs> um, Sam is back. Um, but yeah, so I think there's definitely a competition that's really emerged. Do you think that there's a risk of category fraud with Timothy Chalamet? I mean, the movie yeah. is the na- the title of the movie is about him. True, but like you know, they've done it before. They'll do it again. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, I like you. I'm going to go on the record and saying I think Richard E. Grant is going to win Best oh. Supporting Actor win. for. Um, 
Can You Ever Forgive Me? I think also Melissa McCarthy is probably going to get in there and the best actress as well. We didn't really talk about that because yeah. there's so much to talk yeah. about. <laughs> but I think he, in that way in which the best supporting character kind of can pop up oddly in a you know, it always seems to be the most exciting sometimes in the race. I think I could easily see Richard E. Grant getting in there. I yeah, because he's playing kind of a, a puckster along with Melissa McCarthy's character, mm-hmm. and they're in on this scheme to defraud people. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's like kind of a, a caper, but, you know, Richard E. Grant's been acting forever. He's someone who hasn't been nominated before and, like, has you – know, you were talking to him at a party, I think, Kristen. Yeah. And, like, just, like, the stories you tell about him, you can imagine him schmoozing Academy voters for months yeah. and months. Oh, yeah. Well, and also he has the Mark Rylance effect, you know. I mean, he's been around for, you know, he could be having that moment right now. He's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Nail and I. With Nail and I. Spice World. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? He is just someone that is always so consistently good and a joy to be around. And I just think the chemistry he has with Melissa in this movie and, you know, the at the time period that he's playing – uh, in the mid not you know in the early 90s it's just a very very powerful important performance yeah i was sitting behind him on a plane from montrose colorado leaving telluride to houston or something and a, a woman sitting next to him who was a producer struck up a conversation with him for the whole flight and it looked like he kind of wanted to be working but he engaged with her and talked to her from takeoff to landing and i'm like okay if, he, if he's that good on a plane where no one really wants to talk to anybody he can play a room you, you would have jumped you know? out of the plane <laughs> yeah, I I would, yeah, yeah so i feel like yeah i mean krista you're probably uh, onto something there um i'm still gonna gun for timmy but damn yeah. well timothy is a good schmoozer too yeah. Oh man! Yeah. yeah. He, nope. uh, what about the talent guys? I mean, is it all about the shoes? <laughs> well, are we so cynical? <laughs> yes. Oh, you, you haven't been listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> talent is just the uh, ticket entry ticket, and okay. then it's all uh, cynicism from there. Yeah. I wanted to ask about Colin Farrell and Widows. Who again? That oh, movie yeah. is just packed with people. Daniel Kaluuya, I think, is incredible, but like. Maybe it's smaller part than Colin Farrell. I think he's wonderful in Widows. If that movie takes off, I can really see it carrying him with it. Uh, anybody else that you guys are I'm never at? angry at Colin Farrell. No. I, I always love seeing him in a movie. He's, he's one of my wonderful. favorite kind of actors just to watch on screen. His whole last, like, four or five years mm-hmm. has just been so great. Yeah. It's just nice to see him in the pocket, in, mm-hmm. in the place that you wouldn't have necessarily expected when he came up as like a yeah. hot shot, somewhat kind of seemingly angry guy. They tried to make him, yeah, that sort of bad boy movie star, yeah. and then it turns out he's just like a really thoughtful, interesting character actor right. who really interesting directors want to work with, even if some, his movies aren't like always big hits, like your yeah. Philanthamos has worked with him a couple times, mm-hmm. and you know, now, now Steve, Steve McQueen, and I feel like Steve McQueen gives you the phone call, you're like, okay, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Did it start um, with In Bruges is that where this whole I think thing was the starting he point. He won the Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. which was kind of a surprise. So I think that that could happen. He's never been nominated for it. Right? I don't think yeah. so, which is great because In Bruges like- was such a big performance that it was a lead acting performance. It's a comedy. Yeah. It, the challenge is there. But yeah, I think I think he has a great shot for Widows. I think that movie's going to do well. It's such a crowd pleaser. It's dark. Yeah. It's R-rated. But if you get enough people seeing it and that had a steam behind it, that could really go yeah. a lot Yeah, I think, speaking of bad boys who were movie stars in the early 2000s, uh, or, and still are movie stars, um, Russell Crowe in Boy Erased mm-hmm. could give everyone a run for their money mm-hmm. because, like you were talking about supporting actors, having the one scene. Yeah. He has this beautiful scene with Lucas mm-hmm. Hedges at the end of the film where he's, you know, all teary and, you know, tough dad kind of breaking down but not overly dramatic that's really powerful and really brings the movie home so I feel like you know and the, the Academy has liked him in the past so I feel like he's got a good yeah, shot you have to cry that's one of the other rules you gotta schmooze and you gotta cry <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
that does it for our Toronto Film Festival edition of Little Gold Men. We'll be back next week with even more to discuss and with Joanna back joining us. In the meantime, you can find us all at VanityFair.com, which is also a spot where you can see the beautiful portraits we took of all the celebrities we met at Toronto, Chris's video interviews, the pieces that Richard and I wrote from the festival. There's a lot to catch up on. Uh, You can follow us at Little Gold Men. You know where to find the rest of us all on our own. This episode was edited and produced by Daniel Roth. We'll talk to you next week. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. What are you guys excited to cover in the next few months? There's a new translation of The Iliad that's coming out, Emily Wilson. Really excited to see whether I can read The Iliad again, whether I'm that literate. I mean, the jury is out. I can't wait to hear Adam Driver go again in an Italian accent in Michael Mann's Ferrari. (laughs) He can't stop. I mean, and and bless him. I can't wait. Molto bene. Molto bene. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today wherever you get podcasts. You really don't want to miss this. Don't. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. See you soon. (laughs) 